This is The Rest is PR with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Balls. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to The Rest is PR. My name, as ever, as it will always be, hopefully, barring incident, is Lyle Fulton. And I am here, as I always am, with the wonderful Jackie Balls. Jackie, how are you this week? You're back, it would appear. You are back. From another travel from Helsinki. British soil that's good to hear how how was Helsinki all good it was chilly it was wet but it was really good we um, went to the PG Connects conference took the whole team over to Helsinki which was apart from you Lyle sorry about that but you were off doing actory things so I couldn't bring you this was this came to my attention actually uh, recently through sort of sleuthing through various Instagram stories <laughs> it would appear that most of Demozo were in Helsinki yeah. and yes I was here doing <laughs> actory things whatever whatever you might define that as being uh, but I'm glad you're back I'm glad Helsinki was really good I'm glad the team had a brilliant time and it was very successful we are here this week listeners with another guest to the rest is PR to our new podcast his name you will have heard in certain episodes his name is Daff he's the managing director of Demozo and before we went live I tried to pronounce Daff's last name Daff Hjellstrom ah I knew you'd never get it ah no? Well, everything sounds better when you say it like because you have a much better voice than me. But it's a Swedish last name, so it's really it really is Shellstrom. I was never gonna get it. Shellstrom. Which kind of me yeah, Shell is like when you're screaming at someone telling them they have done something wrong, then you kind of shell it on them. Cool. And Ström is electricity. Okay. So you're kind of like barking electricity. <laughs> This is good. I mean, I've known you now for over a year and I'd A, never attempted to pronounce your surname and B, I've never really explored the etymology of your surname. That's incredible. Yeah, what an appropriate name for Daph. (laughs) Because you really are barking electricity. (laughs) Often barking electricity at the Demoza team, at other people, but brilliant at it. And it's absolutely lovely to have you on the podcast this week. We've been looking forward to this one, myself and Jackie, because we just adore you and what you do and what you bring to the table. But we were kind of searching for an appropriate topic to have various members of the team on, including yourself, when we did get members of the Demoza team on the podcast. And this week, we're going to be discussing the idea of multimedia in PR, different types of media and different types of skills people and professionals can bring to the PR industry. Because as we've explored throughout the series so far, PR increasingly is less, let's just get a press release out there, that's still included and it still involves a lot of doing that, but it's also constructing websites, it involves facets of marketing, it involves being good on social media, content creation. And I think it's safe to say that for a long while, Jackie, DAF has basically been the one who has done all of that. Would you agree with that? I would. I would agree. And also what Daft does so well is he stays ahead of all the different channels that people are listening to, watching, engaging with, that therefore we can then bring those content channels into our communication strategies. So Daft, first overarching umbrella question. Nice easy (laughs) one to kick things off. Tell us a little bit about what you do at Demozo. Obviously, Jackie's brilliantly sort of introduced that. And also how you came to start working for Demozo, what your career involved before that. Just oh, sort of on, open we've it only, all We've up. only got 40 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Try and be, because uh, I know you've done pretty much everything. So um, just let us know, yeah, how you got into working uh, in PR with Demozo, what your career has been like to date, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, I have a much broader experience of marketing 
covering mostly all fields, kind of except normal PR with journalists. But it all came around because I was living in Sweden and I'd done everything from having one of Scandinavian's largest podcasts to running my own digital marketing agency, having a nightclub and kind of done it all and was very bored. And I wanted to go international. And if you want to work international globally and not just with one market, there's really just one place and that's London. Because even if you go to New York, you have to work with just the States. So London is like, if you want to work with all markets. So, you know, I moved here, had a really hard time getting a job because all of my experience was in Sweden. No one really gave me a job. And then I lied, just rewrote my resume, lied, sent it to a company called the Moso. Jackie hired me in the <laughs> first not... meeting. And that's it. <laughs> I did not hire you based on lies. <laughs> I mean, you didn't hire me based on lies, but when I, at the interview, you weren't the one calling me and that didn't lie. It's rewrote <laughs> things as instead of saying founder of a digital marketing agency, I wrote that I was an account director of the digital marketing, etc. And I tried to show Jackie my resume, but Jackie wouldn't even look at my resume. No, I didn't actually. That could be something from another podcast. No. When I've got somebody yeah. face to face, I was scared. Kind of I was up. so scared. I was sitting there <laughs> in the meeting with another person working at the most. So, you know, printed my resume, I'm perfect. Jackie comes in, kind of kicks out the guy out of the meeting and be like, oh, I'm the CEO. I'm here now, so you can go. <laughs> and we sit there talking. And Jackie, I was like trying to show my resume to Jackie, but she was. You make me sound like a mega. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting a real window into yeah. uh how how jackie really just sort of assumes control of a room uh when you know, even in an interview and a recruitment process uh it's just like yeah you know he seems like good people i'm gonna i'm gonna employ him yeah i always talked about that she has a great gut feeling yeah so when you are i guess when you have recruited hundreds of people over the years when you walk into a room you know that that person has the experience that is correct and it's not that relevant to read the data of the resume Lau, you were the same it's more well yeah i mean it's really interesting because actually i mean obviously i was recruited digitally you know i was recruited over a zoom call like we're on now and we're recording mm -hmm. the podcast but again when I sent my CV in, uh, Daff was one of the people to read my CV as well. And I remember speaking to Daff first before I spoke to you, Jackie, when, when I joined the team. And again, my CV had fairly obvious gaps in it when it comes to wanting to forge a career in PR. But what's really interesting, and I think Daff is absolutely spot on, We, you know, joking aside when it comes to Jackie walking in and sweeping all before her in the, uh, in the interview room, is that actually it's so true what you do so brilliantly. And what Demozo as a team do so brilliantly is they see what's there not what's not do you see what i mean and they you know they, yeah there can be gaps there can and, be as many gaps as you want but you see what's the potential there and i think following the topic of this podcast today we can see that the trends are moving so quickly mm -hmm. that what someone's experience was five ten years ago i mean of course it's relevant in some way but it's not as relevant as being the type of person and and both for you, for example, as experiencing drama and being able to articulate yourself and being able to speak, that's almost more important than, you know, how to write a press release 10 years ago. I'll go one step further so as well, Daph, in terms of bringing us back to our multimedia discussion, is that when we are recruiting nowadays, we don't just look at CVs, we look at people's Instagrams, their Twitters, any stuff they might have done on YouTube. We are in a multimedia world and there are all these multiple touch points you are there to get information from about one subject usually and that in this in in this discussion it that's recruitment and the information about a person 
And so, you know, if you just look at our job, which is to communicate messages, we have to take that similar approach. And we have to think about, you know, if you just thought about your client's product as a person, just like you're recruit, we're recruiting a person, we have to look at all the different touch points that their potential purchases will be looking at. You're absolutely spot on. And I think it's certainly very pertinent to what we're going to be discussing today, because a question I was going to ask both of you, in fact, but Daph in particular, is how the landscape has changed when it comes to the PR industry and what skills you might need now in the 21st century and we're well into the 21st century now in the 2020s that perhaps were still important don't get me wrong but weren't as relevant and seen as significantly important 15 20 years ago but before I asked Daph that Jackie has your approach to recruitment changed in light of those advances do you recruit a different type of professional now to the sorts of people you were recruiting 10 15 no. years ago and that's not to say different type of person but a different sort of professionals with different skill sets do you see what I mean oh I see what you're saying in terms of you know their abilities 100 mm. percent. because now we'll be looking at people for example Lily won't mind me saying that she's our one of our digital marketing executives and we looked at her own output on the sort of things that she was putting together for herself so yeah I suppose we do look at different skill sets but we I, I think where we have an opportunity to look at what people are like when we're recruiting them and looking at multimedia from that perspective, it does give you a real insight on people's judgment. You can't ever get that from a CV or even from a reference. But if you've got some somebody who comes to you and looks like an absolutely brilliant individual, and then you look up their Twitter and you find some very tasty comments about certain other individuals, and you think, oh, hang on a second, they're not showing particularly good self-discipline when it comes to no. their own social media and that's not to say i mean sometimes i've had my own rant on twitter but um but do you know what i mean no exactly right no for sure for sure and i suppose so then bringing it full circle you saw in daf and we're going to sort of ask daf this question now you saw in daf lots of skills and you mentioned or started to mention at least that when you met him in person it was like i could see your cv and i could sort of go through it and dissect all of that until the cows come home but I want to hear from you. I want to know what you bring to the table. Uh, yeah, and exactly. You liked what you saw, and that was so much more that was on a, that was on a CV. Because if you look at a person, how can they how can they encapsulate themselves in just you know a few pieces of paper? But we are here to talk about multimedia. Multimedia, so yes, Daff, exactly right. Daf's our expert here on all these different channels. Why do you think that you know you? I mean, you are naturally in tune with all the different areas. Well, if we start it off with like PR, is the public relations to your brand or to you or whatever. It's not the journalist relations. It's not JR, it's the public's. Mm -hmm. And back in the days, we the way to reach the public was through media and journalists writing about you. Today, we have so many more touch points when it comes to, you know, reaching people. And there's so many different ways of doing it. And that's really where PR kind of needs to, has evolved to a multi-channel approach, as we like to call it. And I think that today, for example, if we take, I mean, Instagram is always fairly obvious that people are really guessing news from, but also I think it's easy to keep up to date with the trends that you are in the right demographic for. So like for me, it's really easy to stay on top of Instagram because, you know, that came from my generation. It's really much harder with, you know, a metaverse like Avakin Life where everyone is 15 or 17. 
But at the same time, if you're a music label today, I mean, you want to be where the 14-year-old girls are and where how are you going to reach them through traditional PR because they're not reading, you know, the daily mail within the metaverse. Uh, and I think I like to learn new things all of the time because I'm very restless and I don't like to still, and I'm very easily bored. And if I do the same thing, I usually say the more times I do one thing, the worse I get at it. I'm always best first time I'm doing the learning because I'm, that I'm doing it with the most passion. And I think maybe that is why I'm good at it or understand. I think you're right. I think, especially when you're looking at marketing to Gen Z, you know, they have been brought up with, you know, 40 character communications and immediacy in terms of fulfilling whatever their entertainment needs are or the information needs are. When we were growing up, we had to go to, sorry, when I was growing up, going back a few decades, um, I had to go to a library to find things out. My son is being brought up with just a, not even search, not even using his fingers. He can say, Alexa, can you tell me when the Battle of Hastings was, you know? Sorry, I was just waiting to see if Alexa came back. Then. That would have been brilliant. <laughs> Can you imagine really if, like, in, we, we are now an information podcast as well, <laughs> courtesy of, um, of Alexa on, on the other end of the line. But, yeah, sorry, you were saying. <laughs> but, no, I think we are marketing and providing information via PR to a very information-swathed but demanding publics, publics in terms of all the different sort of demographic groups that you're looking at so multiple touch points to me makes that so important and Daph said quite rightly he is very restless he wants to you know get the information out onto very as many relevant platforms as as possible I mean our job is of course to get the news out there and the messaging we want I remember my parents watching like the BBC news in the evenings at 8 p.m you put on the tv Today, no one of my friends would ever put on the news on TV at 8 p.m. because, number one, it's irrelevant because you already have had all of the news during the days so at 8 p.m. They're yesterday's news. But just that we don't get that kind of fact-checked news. We don't get that, you know. And, of course, still BBC or whatever news channel will be subjective because what is the truth about the Ukraine and Russia war in Ukraine and in Russia are two completely different truths. So it's hard to ever get anything objective. But I mean, our our kids, <laughs> Jackie's kids, uh, that is hanging out in the metaverse, whether or no adults, no sorts of news. How all of those people getting their, you know, information and what they're learning? Because even if you learn facts, maybe from Alexa, like our opinions are often formed by the people we hang out with. Mm. And when there's no sort of like fact-checked news coming into the area of information, and in, and in your experience, I really wonder yeah. where we will all be in 20 years. Yeah. I mean, that's extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, it's a really, really good point. And it's actually something we haven't really begun to address so far this series, but it's, it's a really, really excellent point is the idea that if anything, news has changed, right? I mean, news in and of itself has always been defined as updates on current affairs from your domestic territory or from around the world on a variety of different subjects, be it politics, be it, you know, the weather, be it sport, be it whatever else you fancy, you know, foreign relations, et cetera, et yeah. cetera. But there was kind of an absolute nature of when you downloaded that and at what time and how. And now you add the variety of different ways that can be delivered 
and you blend that in with, like you say, how opinion has become so much more part of news. A question I'd have for you, Daf, is how quickly have you found that you've needed to adapt to a new technology and to a new method of delivery? Like how often do these things just crop up? Because it strikes me that 20 years ago, when we, fair enough, weren't working in the industry, but 20 years ago, it was like one new thing would come along every year or so. And now it strikes me that like a new platform just appears out of nowhere every couple of weeks. Where do you get the information from to be good at operating in those spaces? Like, how do you go about learning these new things? Well, uh, number one, I'll say the first answer is every single day you need to be updated on how everything's changing. Because even on established platforms like Facebook advertising or TikTok advertising, they are evolving every single day. They want to make their tool better and better and better. So they're adding new features, reading, designing, everything, how it looks. So you still need to be on there learning and also like the GDPR or with iOS 14 comes out and changing the entire narrative about how digital ads are doing because we don't have the same information about people anymore. Like you constantly, so it's every single day, but also like it's new apps that are trending. There's new styles of apps. People, you know, patterning what to do, like and don't like. So it's every single day. And then I don't remember your other questions. Sorry, I'm really <laughs> sick today if my voice sounds bad. You, no, I was going to say, what's great is everyone's sounding like, you know, Jackie with her kind of ever so slightly lower mic set, and sounding very <laughs> dulcet, Daph sounding very husky, like sort of, you know, it's great. Yeah, it's a very eclectic mix. I'm really enjoying it. No, no, my, my second question is going to be, is part of your job day to day with Demozo, because obviously, as Jackie will attest to, you're doing a million and one things every day. But with these new technologies arriving every single day, do you find you have to dedicate a set amount of time to go away and find an expert in these new platforms, these new methods of advertising, these new technologies, and kind of download information from them on a daily basis? Or, or are you kind of learning yeah. on the fly? Or is it, you know, sort of a mixture of both? Well, we are, I think the best way is to learn on the fly and always be learning on the fly. So you're constantly learning. I think Jackie does a great job with encouraging everyone to not sit still in a boat and try to be that agency that does copy-paste method. Even if sometimes that would be a lot better <laughs> from a financial business point of view. Mm-hmm. But if we want to go out there and really get results for our clients, and of course we need to understand the trends, see what trends are going, be the first on the new app and the new app comes out. We cannot be, you know, sitting, waiting around what works. And then, okay, this app has become trendy. Let's, well, as you can see, like 99% of all the marketing you do now, oh, let's move over to TikTok. And it's like, yeah, but that worked four years ago. That was great. Now you're too late to the game, so you need to throw an amazing big budget at it. Don't have the same return on investment because you're too late to the party. So you need to find all, always those kind of new things. And in order for us to do the best job for our clients and recommend, like, how should you reach out? We always need to be the first one on the ball so i have a really funny thing that i often translate swedish expressions into english translations and sometimes it makes no sense (laughs) uh, then it becomes funny it's all right because you you forever now will be referred to as daft barking electricity because i can't uh, (laughs) i can't um, i can't i can't pronounce it um but yeah i mean i i I can certainly attest to a point you just made which is that jackie is brilliant and making sure no one sits still and learns on the fly because i remember about a month into a permanent position at demozo just over a year ago listeners i was asked uh, as part of a wider group whether anyone uh, had any experience in coding wikipedia pages and i somewhat stupidly went 
no but i could probably learn how to do it um <laughs> and then tried and failed um but there you go you know we live and we learn um, but at least you tried and that made you have an appreciation and understanding of it exactly right. yeah um, and also trying is never failure mm-hmm. failure is not mm-hmm. trying to Such say a cliche <laughs> why, why are you nodding your head like that jackie like oh i don't really <laughs> no 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 i absolutely agree and it's it's the impetus to try and it's the impetus to take it to keep looking to being curious to keep searching and keep understanding and being empathetic and we've talked a lot about empathy in our podcast series and i think this really does apply to multimedia because when you think about it you will still have your core audience groups who will be used to consuming information on their favorite platforms. So you still have to look after those people. But a lot of, I see a lot of companies chasing the rainbow, you know, chasing the latest, you know, greatest new fan dangled platform. Um, you know, as soon as Be Real started showing some stats in in the US, everyone was like, oh, I need to have a Be Real program. And it's, it's, you always feel like saying be real you know are yeah. your is your audience group there are you trying to influence a you know an audience of the future please do look after your existing audiences the ones that are you know the the ground force of your client base because they might not shift where they want to to get their messages and consume their media so increasingly we have a very busy buzzy media landscape or content landscape that serves so many purposes to so many people and you know you can get really scientific about it and you can break down your silos of different users and demographics and everything else which you have to do in performance marketing which daft knows a lot about or you can take a jesus view which is well hang on a second you know we know that our audience is XYZ. And we know a lot of them do actually like the Daily Mail. God help us. But it, do you know what I mean? Sorry, Daily Mail, because um, I know you're really influential. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to have to work with those platforms where we, you know, we get our, our messages across there. So there is a lot of learning, a lot of learning, but there's also a lot of empathy and a lot of appreciation. 100%. I mean, I was going to ask actually as well. It's a really interesting point you bring up in terms of how things have changed and how the client knows that there are different platforms that they need to kind of reach and as a result you kind of go well yeah we can reach those for you but there has to be an understanding from your end that this is potentially something we have not done before and we will learn and we will develop our skills and we have people in-house who have experience of it in their personal lives but it's never been applied to a business landscape and a business situation a question I have for both of you really is how prevalent is that now becoming? How, when you secure a new business, how often does a client then come in with a request, undoubtedly very politely, you know, I'm sure, saying, is this something you can do for us? And you kind of turn around and go, well, yes, probably. In true sort of Lyle Fulton style, well, yeah, I probably can do a Wikipedia page, but I'm going to have to do some deep diving on how to do that. I mean, how often does that happen? And, you know, how do you then go about making that success? How does the journey sort of start and you get from A to B in terms of learning to then delivering on that, on that sort of platform? Well, I think if it comes to a Wikipedia page, that is something that, you know, no offense, uh, like, but it, it's not brain surgery to do, <laughs> to do a Wikipedia page. I know. <laughs> so that is but in a lot of times we are honest because we also know that there are no comp- 
if we're going for something completely new, so say 100,000 of an audience has tried to, has started using this new thing and we want to penetrate them and reach them. And we go, then we are honest with our clients. We haven't done this before, but we're really excited about doing it. But there are also no other competitors doing it. So there's no other competitors where they were going to say that. I think it's very rare that if somebody asks us to do something that hasn't been done before, it's very rare we can go, oh, we can't do it. But those guys over there really know how to do that. There is also the point of view, which is, you know, we can pretty much turn our hands to anything, which makes us a very unusual group of people. And one of the things that I always try to, to get done ourselves is that before we practice on clients, which a lot of agencies do, we practice on ourselves. So, you know, we've talked about Margot and Ludo in previous podcasts, but that's an e-commerce business we built ourselves. We actually manufactured the products. We've done all of the digital marketing around it. But we did that during lockdown as something to for everyone to learn on when some clients had literally gone into pause on their, on their budgets because they didn't know what was happening. So that's an extreme example of something we did because we did have the time to, to create those assets and that, that website and everything else. Doing this podcast, for example, if we're going to do podcasts for clients, let's work it out ourselves. Let's do it ourselves. Let's get really good at it. Let's understand how to market them. Let's understand how to produce them. So literally, we were talking the other day, I don't mind publicly putting out, you know, what are we going to do with our podcast next? Was a question that we had in Helsinki. And I said to you and Daph, didn't I, what about, you know, putting this on YouTube then? Why aren't we going to do that? And yeah. Daph was immediately, well, you know, we haven't got any followers with this. And I said, then I was like, well, we have to start, you know, everybody yeah. has to start somewhere. So let's take that problem and show our clients how we've done that for ourselves and go on that journey. And I think that's our real approach to all these different platforms is to give it a go ourselves and then sort of translate that. It's very rare somebody's come to us with, with a task that we've had no experience of. I'm trying to think of one. No, and I also think like today, everything's so, it's so easy to do everything today because no matter what you want to do, everything, you know, you can learn everything on the internet. It's easy. What is hard is the human understanding of how an audience works, what type of messaging works for this audience, how do we communicate them? It's not hard to communicate through Facebook ads, or it's not hard to send a press release to a journalist. Nothing is hard, but it's hard to understand the audience. And yeah. it's and hard to do it well. It's not hard to do any yeah. of those, Daph, but it's hard to do it well. Yes. But doing it well comes from the understanding of people and that thing, that is something that, so maybe if we haven't done anything before and we tell a client that, it's not, even if we don't have the skills to do that, the understanding of what works and what doesn't work when it comes to the audience. If that mm. And that, I suppose, is actually really, really important and a very, very good point, isn't it? Is that actually the technology is one thing, but a good strategy through use of multimedia is almost more important. And that is, that comes down to that word we've used so many times, preparedness, which Jackie loves. And I think it's an excellent word, having put the preparation in, put the work in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sort of going into it with a very full understanding of your audience, of opinions, of how people interact with the content. How does one go about building a multimedia strategy? Because obviously you've got an understanding of the audience. You've got an understanding of the technologies and the platforms you're going to use. But obviously these platforms don't just communicate with the audience. They also communicate with each other, don't they? You can kind of do cross-platform advertising. You can do all sorts of other things like how do you sit down with a client and go strategy 
how are we doing it? And obviously, we don't want to give away too many trade secrets because we're very good at it. So, um... <laughs> but yeah, just start looking at who are you, who do you want to reach, who's your end customer, and then you draw up all the places where they are influenced, and uh, then you go from there. I mean, that's a very quick answer, but the answer could be two hours long too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that really—it's also down to the type of customer that you're dealing with because some of our customers have really identifiable very clear audience groups and then you have to sort of get a bit more granular within those groups so you've got say for example let's use game developers as an example some game developers just de develop certain genres of games so that could be your hyper casual kind of you know match three type games as very quick games that you play on the train or they could be game developers of beautiful narrative art type story type tales, or it could be developers of music games or educational games. I mean, so then you get down into the different categories of developer, then you can go even further and work out what platforms they're developing for. And I could just go on and on and on and on and on. And each one of those developer groups will have different places that they hang out and they get their information. Some might be board games fanatics and there are board games forums and board games podcasts. And, you know, there are all sorts of so you can get very granular with these things as well. Mm. So when you're sort of selecting, you're putting your audience group against your media and against your messages, it can get really, really detailed. And that's when you need daft barking electricity. Yeah. To be part of your team. <laughs> that's when you need them out. When you get to those stages, then you've got to prioritize. And I think that's the most important thing. So as I always say to, to clients of mine, you start with a layered approach. Because once clients get into this and they start to see the results, Daff does this all the time. He'll because he, he, he's so creative and he comes up with all these different approaches and the client wants it all. I want that now. Let's do this now. Let's do that now. And I'm like, whoop, 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 whoop. You take a layered approach, you choose your primary audience groups first, you practice on them, you find what works, and then you start to you let that iterate and you keep tracking that before you move on and then you layer another one on because then you're you're spinning two plates by the end of it you should be spinning 15 plates and running around your different but you should be letting them iterate and keeping your reporting going and keeping your information flows going and reacting to those that's why you need a barking electricity is spinning <laughs> all those plates you also need someone to yak it to actually structure up that doesn't say let's do it all yeah <laughs> <laughs> you need you need someone to go we'll do one at a time and then you need someone on the other side to go but once we've done one at a time we will just do all of them at the same time for you i promise this i've definitely been in a meeting yeah but <laughs> this, this is, is a constant between me and daff because yeah. i say to him why don't you listen to the last podcast you go i'm just activating the latest thing that you've took your latest great idea that you've just come up with <laughs> i haven't got another i've got haven't got an hour in the day to listen to your podcast last week. <laughs> i've definitely been in a meeting albeit it was over a year ago and again when i was sort of more full-time where i've been in a meeting with you jackie you daff and a client and i obviously the client will remain nameless in the interest of confidentiality but the clients turned around and gone and there was like a five minute period where the client has gone oh yeah so we'll do that and that's gone cool yeah and it's just like writing something down in the zoom meeting and they've gone yeah but then these two three things as well well can we do that as well yeah and then at the end of the five minutes that's just gone so i'm going to do one of those things like, right now <laughs> 
because that's going to take me like four days uh, and then I'll let you know when I'm ready to do the other three things that you've asked me to do uh, and that might not be for another week and you're just gonna have to kind of be okay with that it's fine all right here's the competition Demoto people name that client because I know exactly who that was exactly right yeah you will know who it is you'll both know who it is um but I, I, suppose... I, I have actually no idea. <laughs> I, <know exactly. laughs> I just feel proud that I said if I said like okay I will do one of those things I think that's self think progress I'll give you another that clue I, I think you had a myself. relationship with the person in question which was like already fairly developed where he was like yeah that's cool actually yeah that's fine I'm pretty sure he was like instantly like yeah cool cool there you go it's all good um but I was going to ask you actually just before we finish because I've actually about my personal relationship with clients <laughs> <laughs> no no although that is actually a great question um maybe, maybe I'll change it this I is... think I think that sorry that's on off topic but it's so important that you yeah. have some sort of private relationship with your clients or with your colleagues and that may be not something you should say but if you have that and you actually want to speak to each other then everything because so much easier with types of honesty with your problems but also coming up with new ideas with private I don't mean unprofessional but I mean do you really need to like your client and the person that you're working with and the client also needs to like the people working at the agency there are two schools of thought on that and I was at one of these yeah. um, I was at one of these meetings which is um is it a charterhouse rules meeting so I can't name names or anything like that and I can't give any indication of where this meeting happened or who was there but one of the one of the discussion topics was client relationships and one of the people said i don't want to know my clients i hate my clients (laughs) (laughs) and definitely don't name that name (laughs) yeah and ever since i've started not getting on with my clients i have been a thousand times more productive and made a thousand times more money and i was just like are you serious? I couldn't get my head around this until that that person. And so I'm staying away from gender as well until that person explained that their job was very one dimensional and their, their results and their delivery, what they had to deliver was very specific and client relationships would get in the way, but I'm 100% with DAF. I think if you do in PR, particularly, if you have great relationships with your clients, then you can only do better work, the better the relationship, as we discussed with Kelly, the better the output and the better the forward planning you can do and the more strategic you can be. We can do some callback, actually, and also illuminate that on something Kelly said, because uh, as we've established, uh, DAF is unlikely to have listened to Kelly's episode of the podcast. <laughs> um, but Kelly did in fact say that when they were uh, away, Kelly was with you at an event of some kind, and someone, I believe, this is how she recollects it, turned to you, Daph, and said, oh, wow, she must be, you know, quite tricky really to difficult. work with. And you turned around and round them and, and quite literally barked electricity back at this somebody, at this person, by saying, she's actually brilliant to work with. She's actually She's amazing. She's the best client we've She's got. the best client ever. <laughs> uh, and apparently the person was like, oh, right, oh, okay. And you were like, actually she's brilliant so there um <laughs> there you go so yeah it is about i think it's very important to have a, um, a, a strong sort of personal working relationship you know sort mm. of, you know professional relationship with anyone you work with be it your own team or be a client the final thing i was going to ask and this is a very open-ended question be as detailed or as vague as you wish Daph. what's your favorite media to operate on when it comes to a client that's a hard question right because obviously you don't want to sort of shoot yourself in the foot here 
I don't, I'm not after your least favourite because I know you love them all. But what's your most favourite uh, sort of media to work on currently? Well, I don't, I don't love them all. Frankly, I hate Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> and for, I think it's so done. People have seen too many ads. And of yeah. course, like, I think I'm great at them. And our team is great at them. And if you compare our results to compared to other agencies, our results are better. But that doesn't mean that I necessarily like it. I think always the newest one is the most funniest one i think you know understanding for me even if metaverses has been around for a long time getting like really the real understanding of what separates you know a roblox from a decentraland from an avakin to everything else and getting that understanding because it's like different countries it's really really fun and it's also so not developed on how to reach out to people in the metaverse yeah, as I said, there's no like daily mail taken out in the metaverse, but yeah, there's so many millions and millions and millions of people there. Yeah, the metaverse is really, really fun. Latest good read tip is actually we've mentioned Kelly, and so then Daft talked about the metaverse. So my small linear brain goes, oh yeah, Meta Crunch. Yeah. So metacrunch.ch. Yeah is Kelly's magazine. She's and there's editor. a link to that in Kelly's episode of the podcast. There's a link in the description there. I made sure to include that. So yeah, definitely go yeah. check that. I checked it out. I hadn't heard of it before um, I did the episode with Kelly and I went and checked it out and it's really, really cool. And it also it's really cool. filled out my understanding of the metaverse because even though I'd written bits and pieces for clients on the metaverse and blogs and things like that in my capacity as a writer for Demozo, I was kind of very much learning on the fly writing about it and I do wish I'd had access to that or known about I it. Know, I, I know, I know, it's really eye-opening. Yeah, I'm with Daph, I think. We grow to sort of hate quite a few of the, the old faithfuls when it comes to the different media, but as I said, you have to stick with them because people get stuck on their information sources. And hopefully, with most of them, they do tend to change it up themselves and look at their own products and change those themselves. So we do have to stay ahead of the game and, and, and ahead with them on what changes they're making too. So Stay up to speed. And that's why the Ooh. team's so great, because it's as a group of people the team is really really good at keeping everyone up to date like you know we've got a slack channel where everyone's like you got to read this because it's going to be very important in like a couple of months or even a couple of weeks and we're very very good at keeping ourselves up to date oh we'll yeah be. and the other thing i did want to say on this particular pod was some of our clients are really brilliant you mentioned slack just then and that's a great tool for us and um, with our clients we always try to open slack channels with our clients because they do give us inspiration. They'll see something just of a weekend or something and they'll they'll just snip it and chuck it into the Slack channel and go, oh, I looked at this and this was really interesting. You know, take it. So I think a shout out to all clients of any PR agency out there. Never feel that you can't just throw something over to an agency and say, have a look at that. What do you think of this? That to me is great inspiration because your clients are hanging out in the circles that you're trying to communicate within. So... A shout out to all PR clients, mm -hmm. all PR agencies, but especially ours, because you're <laughs> the best. Uh, and it's not even close. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to call it there. I was going to say, it's not often that I learn like more or less 100% new things in an episode of the podcast, but I'm pretty sure like I was genuinely asking questions there because I was like, when I potentially have to do this for Demozo, like, um, <laughs> what 
what do I need to do? Like, how does it work? And I've genuinely learned a lot. So I'm actually going to go back and listen to the sort of raw edit of this episode, even post releasing it and be like, what can I learn from that entire sort of conversation? But thank you, Daph, so much for coming on the podcast. We're thrilled to have finally cool. been able to have uh, got you on. And I hope you're feeling better soon as well. Thank you so much for sort of braving it. Uh, <laughs> on. Your, your voice is sounding superb as always. Jackie, should we do it all again next week? Oh, why not? Let's have a good go at it. And we've got some really exciting guests coming up as well. So keep your eyes peeled, listeners, for some brilliant guests who are going to be on the recipe art very, very From soon. From Helsinki, Peggy Ann Saltz. She does her own podcast. She is amazing. Um, and then we've got Rosie from Modern Woman, who's who's going to come. So we've got we've got quite a few lined up for the for the podcast. So as ever, listeners, less of me <laughs> knew about Rosie, did not know about Peggy. It's fairly typical, Jackie, just dropping things in <laughs> without me knowing live on a recording and it will have to stay in now do you know what i mean this is the thing yeah. i'm sort of bang to rights in that regard but as ever listeners thank you so much for being with us if you want to get in touch with the rest is pr you can do it as always in a number of different ways you can email myself lyle at demozo.com info at demozo.com you can also email info at the rest is pr.com and if you want to see what Jackie, Daff, myself, the rest of the Mozo team have been up to this most recent week at Demozo. Head on over to demozo.com. And I'm still so excited about this. We have a website. It's brilliant. Daff designed it. Um, so go and check out what Daff did. It's brilliant. It's therestispr.com. It's really, really good. It's constantly being updated. And um, get on over to it. Thank you so much. Can I just say one thing before I get killed by the rest of the team? That yeah. everything that, they, that I do is our team, but it's not me. Disclaimer at the end of this particular <laughs> yeah. episode. The team does it. Teamwork makes yeah. that dream work. No, that, that is a brilliant point to finish on. Thank you so much for being on Thank the rest you. of PR. And we'll see you next week, listeners, for another fantastic episode. Hope you know it. The rest is PR. Bye for now. Thank you.